0: This is the Milo Beasley Show. This
1: is the Milo Beasley Show. There's only one thing you need to know. This is the Milo Beasley Show. And now, here's your host, Milo Beasley. And welcome to the Milo Beasley Show. Dude, 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 episode number 364. I'm I'm so excited I can't even tell you how excited I am this week. Uh, so let's go ahead and bring out our guest. Uh, you know her from um, uh, The Nanny, uh, King of Queens, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and probably like a hundred other things where you're going to be like, oh my God, yes, I know her. Uh, please help me welcome at this time. Dee, Dee Resher, how are you doing?
0: This is the Milo Beasley Show.
1: <laughs> it's going to be in your head all day I'm, now.
0: You know what? I'm going to re-record that for you. <laughs> oh,
1: I would love it. I would love it.
0: Hi, love. Thanks for having me on.
1: Thank you so much for coming on. I'm, uh, you know, uh, and again, thank you for answering my email. And, um, so let me tell you how I, um, my, the way my mind works, uh, when I'm, when I'm looking for guests, I look for people who were on friend, uh, who were on shows with my friends. Um, and I have a good friend of mine who, uh, his name is data Snyder and he was the ghost, uh, in the ghost in Molly McGee. And as I looked at the IMDb, and i saw that you had you know you had you had done a couple of shows and then i was looking at your uh, imdb imdb and just like i said you're like oh my yes i re- okay i remember that i remember that i remember that i remember that and i was like i need to have Didi on my show <laughs> so uh so again thank you so much um and uh, uh i mean th- but I that's got a-
0: nothing else going today babe you're it
1: oh okay. <laughs> i'm i am glad that i am it uh, uh but let's talk a little bit about um, how you got started. I mean, so you guys, you were, you were just a babe when you got started in this, in this business, right?
0: Yeah. Well, I come from a show business family as a lot right. of us do because, you know, so we just can't help ourselves and and so my mother you know put us all into dance school like at 2 years old or something which was really wild then because now you know they they're using computers at at 2 years old but you know whatever <laughs> know in it. those days it was unusual and so i had my first uh, tap recital at the age of 4 and that did it i was i was hooked
1: so okay so cuz your 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 mother was a, was an an actor coming from again she was it wasn't even like she wasn't even a first generation performer she you know she was a second generation your grandfather is in business uh same on the other side your your father a cinematographer and as you said there's his emmy is in the background um uh, that's (laughs) (laughs) it's it's back there um
0: okay you see it there it's it's there um You can come on over and get a picture of you taken with it.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: A little bit. <laughs> he had three of those, actually. Oh, just and so three of al- them. And he also had three daughters. So it worked out when he died. We each got an Emmy.
1: Oh, well, I it's, <laughs> it, it's almost like it was planned.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, my grandfather, my mother's father, was Otto Kruger, and he was – You know, he started out in silent films and he did vaudeville and then talkies came in and he got he did like a million. I think he's got like 300 movies under his belt. And then in the later years, he was doing like Perry Mason and Bonanza and stuff like that. And my mother and he did a lot of Broadway. So my mother did Broadway shows with him. Which was cool, and then my mother met my father, who was a stage manager at the time, at a summer stock place up in the Adirondacks, and they, you know, they did what you do in summer stock, and so my <laughs> my sister was born, and and well, of course, in the meantime they got married, and right. anyway, he decided that if he was gonna, um, he had three girls decided if there were going to be four women in the family, he was going to have to make a lot of money. So he got out of stage managing, and his father uh, was the founder of the first um, photographer's local in New York, which he formed in his basement in Manhattan, Long Island. No, Manhattan, Long Island. And um, anyway, so he got my dad into the union. Obviously, that was an easy job. But my dad took to it. And he became, as we know now, a, a three-time Emmy Award-winning cinematographer.
1: That that's great. And and I love that uh, with your story, you know, as you were put, you, you, know, you're saying you were put in the dance and you felt the bug. You felt, you know, you got hooked. It wasn't it wasn't forced, which you might think, you know, we're somebody who's, you know, family and family and family has been in the industry that it was like, this is what you're gonna do. No, it, it seems like you genuinely liked it.
0: I love the attention. (laughs) See that it's so simple. You know, I just want to be, you know, center stage (laughs) all the time. I'm Um, just kidding. I'm not really like that, but yeah, I did get the bug and, um, It ended up being a a really cool, fun journey. I'm I'm really glad I did it. You know, there were times when I regretted because I never went to college. I went straight to New York, started my career right away. First show I got was a crazy show called El Grande de Coca-Cola. And it was starring Jeff Goldblum and myself and Ron Silver, the late, great Ron Silver, and one other person, and it was the craziest, wonderful show. Jeff. Oh, there he is.
1: Awesome.
0: Okay, he's with, so. He's with me every episode. Jeff, Jeff and I were in acting class together, as was Larry David in our acting class. What? Yeah. And um, I'm sorry, uh, what's her name? Rhoda who just died. Oh, uh, Valerie, um, Valerie Harper. Yeah. She, she was in our class. Um, yeah, we had a real star study class anyway. So Jeff Goblin was the one who actually got me that gig and that gig brought me out to LA and we opened at the whiskey a go-go on the sunset strip. So my first job in LA was at the whiskey, you know, woo-hoo. and this was in the, in the, uh, in the early eighties, like late right. 70s, early eighties. And it was, Crazy. And I ended up uh, backstage doing cocaine with our um, our (laughs) our producer and I ended up marrying him. I don't know what came over me. Anyway, that was my first husband, Roy Silver, who was also an Emmy award-winning manager and and producer. He managed Bill Cosby for 11 years. He had his own record company, Tetragrammaton. He had uh, Jackson Brown and Wilson and, you know, so I lived up in like the the mansion on the top of Doheny Drive. Uh, The name of the road was Magnetic Terrace.
1: Magnetic Terrace.
0: Magnetic Terrace. Anyway, uh, it's still there. There's only three houses on the road, and um, so that was that was my start. You know, I was like 22 years old, married this 45 year old big time producer who was going to make me a star, and he got me signed to the William Morris office, and it was all whoa whoa, and I did all these pilots, and then it kind of went as it does, right. I remember walking into William Morris one day and I used to go during the lunch hour when none of the agents were there. I would just like leave my resume on the top and my picture on the top of their desk. So that when they got back from lunch, they'd go, Oh yeah, Dee Dee Resher. So one day when I was doing that, I found a priority list on one of the desks of one of the agents. And I was on page 39 at the end. And I was like, I need to get out of here now. <sighs> so I did. And 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 then it's, you know, it's from it's been a, a lifelong of of a lot of agents that didn't um, you know, bless their hearts. It it, you know, things didn't really work out the way we intended them to, but it's still been a really marvelous run.
1: Right. Uh, I mean, there's <clears throat> I was gonna say there's probably stories upon stories of people who uh, moved to LA, had a big break and then you never hear from them again, but we, at least we're still hearing from you. Um, and uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, I think that's the best part. You're uh, still, so how, how active are you? Are you seeking out things occasionally or when, maybe when your agent recommends things like how, how I'm different? definitely,
0: I definitely will work. I, I right. love working and I don't want to work a whole bunch. Um, I, I, I actually have a gig right now that's like perfect for me. It's um, the Disney, it's on the Disney channel and it's a very popular show right now. It's a kid's show called Bunked. Bunked. And it's in its seventh season and they just brought me on last season uh, with two other girls. And we're these old, we play these three old biddies who are like the nemesis of the, of the town of Dusty Tush. Right. And, you know, and we're, we're hilarious. It's a lot of fun. And, and so hopefully there'll be more of those this year. And the, my other love, which I do, and I'll do it, as you ask me, drop of a hat, I'll be there, is stage. So I'm, I'm always active in stage. I like the gypsy life my latest husband likes the gypsy life.
1: That, that's I, fantastic.
0: I, I introduce him as this is my latest husband.
1: That, that's great. My, I... most,
0: my most recent husband.
1: I... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Until
0: the next one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. So, um, so that I, I love doing and, and um, it's, that's really become my first love. So, um, because I just, I love the craft of it. Uh, You know, it's so, like, with, uh, okay, with a sitcom, I mean, I would certainly not turn down a a regular or even recurring role on a sitcom. I mean, what am I, crazy? You know, I I would totally do that. But but if you don't have a recurring or a regular role, you have a guest star role, which I've done a bajillion of but not enough to make me really good and confident at the genre. You know, I, I mean, it's not easy. It is a whole different animal. You don't have time to act. Right. I mean, I feel like I'm really good at acting, you know, but when I get up there, you, you got to do it in, in two seconds and you're the guest star. So you're really only the conduit to, right. to the road to that the star's laugh. You're not going to get the laugh. You don't get the laugh line. You get the lead-up line.
1: You get the setup,
0: right? (laughs) You know, so you and and you don't get the chance to really get into the groove. I mean, that's why I love the recurring roles. Like, do I uh, when I was doing um, King of Queens with Brian, playing Brian Cranston's wife? Which, wow, what a you know, what a thrill! Right. Um, so we did enough of those that I started to I started to feel like yeah I'm I'm going to work you know instead of oh God I have to work, you know <laughs> so at any rate it's it's um, it's all good and and I'm really proud of what I've done and and to answer your original question yeah absolutely if anybody's watching this and you want to give me a job just call my agents or-
1: so i love i love broadway shows i don't sing or dance or anything um so uh especially sing so i would never be caught anywhere uh, on a stage right but i love going like i'm gonna go see wicked next week um uh and then uh in the summer i'm actually gonna go see uh i'm heading up to new york to go to broadway to see uh the the back to the future um show that they're that they brought to to stage um are there any shows out there now that you are one either excited for um and two uh, a secondary question is there something is there a show or a movie because again that's what that's what it all is you know like uh beetlejuice is now a a, a you know a stage show back to the future is are there any older shows or movies that you would like to see get a stage adaptation?
0: Hmm. Wow, well, you're gonna have to ask me that and I'll tell you on the next interview. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I really have to think about that. I mean, I think we could do Gone with the Wind as a comedy. As a comedy? You know? Yeah, I mean, you know, as God is my witness, I'll never eat a bad turnip again. I don't know. But Mammy, Mammy, you just got to make it 18 inches again. <laughs> I mean, it's a whole new world.
1: Uh, absolutely.
0: I don't know. I'd, I'd really have to think about that. But,
1: there are, so what, was the, what was the last show that you, that you saw that you were like, oh, man, this, is, this blew me away?
0: Well, I just saw one the other night. Um, and it was just, you know, I go to a lot of small theater. And uh, I have a friend who says, you know, because we, we have so many friends in the business. And so you're, you're constantly going to small theater. And it's like, oh, right. God, another show. Uh, but, <laughs> but they come to mind, too. So what am I going to say? I have right. one friend who says, only one friend's show a year. But I can't do that. You know, I mean, like if I was in two shows, he would only have to come to one of them. That's right. what he means. At any rate, I saw this show the other night. That was it was a one woman piece which I love because I'm I'm I have my one woman piece that I do so I love seeing other people's and and this one was written by her mine I didn't write myself um, and it's called Lemur Mom and it's about a mom who has a uh, her son is on the spectrum, as they say now, right. has Asperger's um, autism. Right. And and it's her journey um, through navigating that. And then halfway through the play, we find out that she herself has ADHD. Now, you might think that this sounds depressing, but it was, I mean, I laughed so hard. I peed my pants. I, I cried. I, it was like, I think everyone who has a child on the spectrum should see this because I think they're all going to say thank you so much. Anyway, so it was one of those things where I walked away feeling this full, you know, experience. But um, I'm trying to think of any big shows that I've seen lately that. You know, but that's I
1: went- good. I mean, you know, uh, one, uh, one person shows, one woman shows, one man shows on small stages. Uh, you know, to, to make you feel like that. That's, that's a pretty good thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It was good. I was surprised. <laughs> as you
1: talk, uh, you, you talked earlier uh, about, you know, you mentioned bunked um, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. As far as your, your Disney credits go, I talked about uh, ghost and Molly McGee, but uh, you've done uh, you've done Sophia the first, uh, even Stevens, good luck, Charlie. Uh, I mean, how does it feel to be a part of that, Disney monster, the, the Disney family.
0: I love the Disney family. And I've had a ball on all those shows. And um, and there were even more than what you mentioned. I mean, I, I, I'm a Disney kid. So I they, they send me a Christmas present every year. So how can you not love them? Absolutely. I, I mean, they're the best company to work with in all the land. And so I feel very lucky that I'm doing their shows. Um, there was one, you know, it's funny because um, most of the shows I do on Disney, of course, are kids shows. Right. And you walk in and, and these kids, unfortunately, are not taught the etiquette that I feel is due an older actor like myself, who has a, a, a large background, and anybody who comes on your show, you're gonna go up to them. If you're coming on my show, Milo, and you're my guest star, I'm gonna say, Milo, I am so excited that you're working on my show this week. I love your work, even if I never even heard of you, right. I would say this, you know, and, and welcome you in. But these kids don't have a clue. I wish somebody would tell them, I almost feel like telling them, but you walk in and you're like invisible. And so I have this one story I'm going to tell about one of these shows. And actually it was not a Disney show. It was because some of the, some of the kids are great. So I shouldn't pigeonhole them all. Like for okay. example, the kids on Bunked are fabulous. You know, they <clears throat> totally welcomed me in, you know, so I, I, I should, there, there are some shows and I, I don't want to say all shows. Right. Anyway, there was one that I worked on when I went in and, The scene was, I was the dresser to the actress who was playing an actress. And I was her dresser backstage. And I'm trying to get her into what is supposed to be this funny fat suit. And I'm putting it on her. And I have to be talking the whole time. And I'm zipping up the back. Well, I keep catching a bit of her hair, you know, in the zipper. And she's like, oh, oh. And I'm (laughs) I'm going, oh, oh. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it, and and it's like happening each time. And she's getting more and more upset. You know, right. complaining more and more. She hasn't said word one to me, by the way. You know, she hasn't said hello. My name is nothing. Right. You know, haven't even introduced herself. So I'm feeling kind of bad. You know, I'm starting to feel like oh, this isn't very much fun. And and uh, and she's one of those too that. She was wearing bare feet in the scene. And after each take, she'd go over and sit down and just put her legs up so that somebody could come and wash her feet. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, you've got to be kidding me. So anyway, I couldn't get out of there soon enough soon enough to right. tell you the truth. And so I'm in my trailer and I'm getting my clothes on. I'm like, I just want to get home and get a glass of wine. You know, and so there was suddenly a knock on my door. And I opened the door and there's a very good looking young man there. And he said, Didi Rescher, he said, I am so excited and thrilled to meet you. He said, you are Hollywood royalty. I know your grandfather and your father and what your grandfather. And he went on to name all the things that I'd done. And he said, I'm uh, normally the director on this show. But I've got the week off, and I was just here watching your scenes, and I wanted to come to the trailer to tell you how that you are a Hollywood royalty to me. And I was like, "Yes, now I can go home," you know. Right. So, yeah, that was kind of nice. That was fantastic. Oh,
1: that's so that's so good, and that's so touching when when somebody uh, goes out of their way. So, as far as you know, like you said, uh, younger uh, younger generation of of. Uh, folks in the entertainment industry. Who does that, does that fall on the agents? Does it fall on uh, parents? Like how do you, how do, does it fall on, you know, is there no,
0: no. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good question. Uh, I don't think the parents would know unless they were in show business. So right. I wouldn't blame them. And I don't even blame the kids because nobody's told them.
1: Because they don't know any better, right. Yeah, uh,
0: I, I would say that they are, <clears throat> Maybe maybe it would fall under the jurisdiction of, say, an AD, an assistant director, you know, um, somebody to educate them and say, we're having some guest stars this week. I hope you all introduce yourselves to them or to take it upon themselves to right. introduce them, you know, and because the ADs... <clears throat> Mostly the second AD is, is the person who will take care of the guest stars who come in. And um, they would, they're supposed to take care of me when I come in. And they do, they're wonderful. You know, ADs are terrific. But I think in that way that it would be nice for them to say, I'm gonna make sure that you meet everybody. And then we'll show you your dressing room or right. whatever, you know, I don't know, that would be my answer. Uh, we have a
1: similar, so, uh, I spent 22 years as a professional wrestler. So we have a similar, um, I guess, uh, welcome, you know, so the first time you, you walk into a locker room, it's customary to, uh, go and, and shake everyone's hand and introduce yourselves if you don't, if you don't know that person. So I guess it would kind of be along the the same lines there, but, uh, seems like perhaps again, if it's not being taught, then there's no, then nobody knows.
0: And then you don't know. And you can't really blame anyone. Yeah. You, you know, you just got to go, Oh, this is something that should be addressed. You know, cause there's, there's nothing like feeling, uh, not a part of things when you're, when, you know, when you're trying to do something like that and it's already difficult, you know, when you're getting the haircut, the zipper, the, you know, trying to say your lines and things right. just aren't going well.
1: All right, All right. It, it it happens. It, it happens. Uh, I mean, you, you talk about um, you know being Hollywood royalty, and that comes from your family, but also uh, you've done so many, so many shows, so many recognizable uh, roles. Obviously, the uh, bus driver in Ferris Bueller uh, is uh, highly recognizable, next, walking or driving next to uh, Jeffrey Jones, uh, who's uh, Principal Rooney. Um, uh you were in friends um which actually i want to talk about um you were working with um lisa kudrow and both in friends and then later on in the comeback um mm-hmm. uh, uh but uh, again uh summer school king uh king of queens and one i want to talk about uh again i i know some of these roles are like ah eh, okay but empty nest uh, I'm a huge golden girls fan. So anything, any type of spinoff or other show that's related to golden girls, uh, you know, I, I have a, a, an interest in so, um, but you did emptiness, which as I said, is a, a spinoff of golden girls. Now, do you think that, um, here in 20, what are we in 2023 that we could have another show like golden girls today?
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: Sign me up first off, I think you would be perfect for it. Um uh but uh do you do you think even with, with I what I'm I guess with the way with the PC with the way the, the
0: world is a little bit PC now, you know and oh I think it'd be hilarious because it's not good well listen there's nothing I think little old ladies are always gonna be funny and, and because we've just got such a joie to be and, and uh, left t- to our own devices, things can get really interesting. And and, and I realize that also that it, it's like not my world anymore. I don't understand the music. I don't understand. I, I'm like, oh, my God, I can't. You can't give me a paper menu. What is, you know, I have to, I have to, you know, whatever. I have to scan.
1: I had this same thing about two months ago. I'm. Telling you, I'm right there. I'm like, I, I don't want to pull out my phone and have to scan something and stare at it for it. Just give me a menu.
0: Yeah, yeah, please. And and you know, so we don't know how anything works, and we've got old older values. And the thing is, it it still would be as funny as the Golden Girls because things change, but they still remain the same. Really, it's it's just you know the the particulars change but the overall scheme of things is always the same. So it would still be funny. You know, I, I think, yeah, my answer to that is yes.
1: I would, yes. I would love to see you. I would love to see you on it uh, for something more than just a, a pilot, by the way. Uh, for, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Hopefully it would be something that would get picked up. Um, but yeah, you know, as I said, um, you know, uh, the, the, you know, a very, um, you know, I, I guess, infamous, I don't know if the, what the word may be uh, very uh, memorable scene in, in Ferris Bueller. Um, did you think a, a little role like that? We would be, you would still be talking about here in, in, in 2023?
0: Absolutely not. I almost didn't take the role because it was too small. And it was like, it was only paying a thousand dollars for the day. Right. And it was in Long Beach, and I was going to have to drive to Long Beach, which is where I live now, but at any rate. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was like, oh, you know what? I, I just need my medical insurance. I'm just going to do it. Nobody had ever heard of Matthew Brodwick. Nobody had ever heard of John Hughes. You know, it was, I thought, nobody will ever see this. I'm just going to do it. Right. Well, it's my claim to fame. You know, I mean... And, and I didn't do anything. <laughs> I mean, I just I just got in the bus. Oh, well, I did learn how to drive the bus.
1: I was gonna say, so, yeah, so, yes, so you actually drove.
0: I did, so when I left, I, I went up to John Hughes and I said, thank you so much. You have now given me something to fall back on if my career doesn't work out. <laughs> So but you can see the bus kind of jerking, you know. I mean, right. yeah. That's
1: that's fantastic. I I love that you actually drove the bus and it wasn't just like, oh, it was just you sitting still pretending to drive
0: the bus. No, no, no. That was that was a fun part. And I had to really rehearse. I had to go around the block, around the block, and it was a blast. I love yours. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> ah, uh and,
1: and as I, I mentioned, um you, you worked on uh, Friends with uh, with Lisa Kudrow and then uh, the comeback later on. Did your work with her on Friends help lead to that appearance in the comeback? I don't
0: think so um, because I, I fully auditioned for the comeback.
1: Oh, okay. Um,
0: so when she saw me on set, she was excited to see me. Right. But I don't think she really knew. I mean, she might have known, but I, I don't think it had anything to do with it. Um, but she's great and, and I loved working with her. And um, that that whole time in, in uh, Palm Springs with the comeback was really quite something. I don't know if you saw it, but you know, I had to take my top off. I had to bare my breasts on, on television. And this was how how nervous is that? Well, yeah, I was really like, Oh, should I do this? But the thing about it was it was a really good part it was a really good scene. It was a, a scene about a woman who had breast cancer. I, I felt, the I felt the whole character was empowering and that I should do this, that I should just get over it and do it. Right. <laughs> and, and so, yeah, that was, that was weird. You know, we're sitting out by the pool and there's hundreds of you know, people, there's, you know, all the cameramen and the stage hands and the, you know, and right. the director comes up to me and he says, are you okay? You know, just before we did it. And I said, I guess so. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm committed to it. I can't do anything now. It's right. too late. So I just did it. Whoop. Ah! <laughs> Anyway. So, um, but that was also a memorable time because, and sadly, my mother died while I was doing that show in Palm Springs oh. during that time. So that that was, I mean, she, I knew she was sick. And I had said to her before I left, I, I got a job, but I don't think I should go. And my mother said, darling, the show must go on. And she died four days later, you know, unbelievable. So, yeah. So anyway, not not to, for anybody to get sad here. just right. it's, it's, It happens.
1: But uh, I mean, that sounds like something an actor would say, though, that, that the show oh, must go. Oh, yeah, now.
0: she was right there to the bitter end.
1: Uh, now, uh, you mentioned, you know, your, your character there did have uh, breast cancer. Uh, is there you know, would you like to, to touch upon your own, uh, <laughs> you know, personal uh, life stories there?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm just, um, just in recovery from two cancers. I had, uh, in 2018, I had tongue cancer and, uh, that was, uh, eradicated with radiation and surgery. And, um, but it was no fun. It was really awful. And, and I lost my taste buds for three years. Yeah, I know. Bummer. It's just horrible. I'm mean, like everything tastes like shit. People are saying, "How do you know what shit tastes like?" Well, I know that if I ever taste shit, that this is what it would taste like. <laughs> and then I thought everything was fine. I was feeling good, but then I felt something happening here, and I went in, and they thought it was, um, you know, acid reflux, and come to find out, I had esophageal cancer. Stage two, uh, non-aggressive, and it had not entered the lymph nodes. All of this, hallelujah, good stuff. Right. uh, So I did the chemo and the radiation, and the tumor disappeared. I mean, so I said, goody, we're done. And they said, no, no, we're not done. (laughs) Um, Because if a little guy, you know, you can't always tell from the PET scan. There could be a little guy who got away and is still in the esophageal wall. So you have to have this surgery, which is called an esophagectomy. And it's where they take out your esophagus and they throw it away or give it to Goodwill or whatever they do. <laughs> and then they take your stomach out, and they cut it in half, take half of your stomach and turn it into an esophagus. <clears throat> Isn't that amazing? <clears throat> and- and, and I had a lot of complications. So, <clears throat> and, and this was all during COVID. So um, I couldn't have any visitors except for one. There was a doctor who I had a mad crush on, <laughs> Dr. Kelly. I mean, this doctor was like, I, I would get heart palpitation. He was actually, he was my, <laughs> he was my tongue cancer doctor. And so because it was COVID and he knew I was in for the esophageal. He came to visit me like two and three times a week. Oh, wow. Like a half an hour. I'd be on my phone with my, you know, my, my support people, my, my best friends from New York, you know, and I'd be like, Oh, Dr. Kelly's here. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) So, so I, I, I had to keep going back to the hospital, but on one of my trips home, I, I got home and my husband was taking me through the kitchen and I could see in the bedroom, there was something that looked like a, a big surfboard. I said, "I," said, what is that? Here I am, I'm like 90 pounds, I got no hair. I'm like, Aah. I said, what is that? It looks like a surfboard. He goes, well, go in and look. And I go in and there is a life size poster of Dr. Kelly, who's a surfer, by the way, who's wearing his scrubs. He's got a real stethoscope around his neck. and He's got a surfboard in his hand and he's giant. I mean, he's like, I'm like, Dr. Kelly. (laughs) So my girlfriends had gone online. They had found the picture. They had the poster made. They sent it to my husband. He put it together the night before I came home and there it was. So the, it was hilarious. And I, so I, and I had, I took pictures, he took pictures of me and we sent them to Dr. Kelly. So that, because Dr. Kelly knew, you know, right. and, you know, I'm just an old lady having a crush on him. He knows. And so, so when I went back to the hospital for some complications afterwards, um, there was one day when you could have visitors and my husband came and he brought Dr. Kelly. He said, I don't know how I got him past security. but he... <laughs> So now I've got this big, huge Dr. Kelly in my, in my, in my hotel room. It's like a hotel. I went to a hotel hospital, darling. They all have um, ocean views. Anyway, um, anyway, there's Dr. Kelly. And nurses would come in and go, oh, it's Dr. Kelly. Oh. And at night, the nurses would come in and go, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I was known as the, oh, you're the woman who has Dr. Kelly in her room. I'm like, yeah, that's me. Uh, uh. Anyway, so um, that's my, my funny story. And I have to tell you something. I was funny during my cancer. I do my best work on a gurney. I do. I I had the doctors and stitches all the time. I just, you know, I am just, I made a name for myself in that hospital. (laughs) Anyway. And and it was funny because there were times when like, you know, you get these nurses. You get them for 12 hours. And I have a whole new respect for the nursing community. I have a whole new respect for the doctors and nurses. And the the dedication is just overwhelming. But there are some times when, you know, these poor nurses, they're on 12 hour shifts. And right. there's sometimes when you just get someone who is who's like, like I had this young, young guy, his name was Joey. And and I had to finally tell the charge nurse, no more, Joey, no more, Joey. He wakes me up at midnight and asks me to do cartoon voices. <laughs> he comes in the room, can you do your voice from, you know, Sophia? The, you know, I'm like, no, no, I'm dying here. You know, see? <laughs> Anyway, the great news is that I am, I am, I have valiantly uh, worked past all of it. I am totally cancer free. All of my PET scans are completely free of cancer. It's not even a remission thing. It's done. And, and, you know, could I get another cancer? Of course I could, but so could we all. So I'm not living that way. You know, I'm just going, yes, even my white blood cell count was normal last time. So, like, I've even gotten through the, you know, sometimes they say the treatment is worse than the than the disease itself. Well, it is pretty tough, that treatment. But that's how they er- eradicate it. Anyway, it's a good news story. I, I am, to- as you can see, right. I am totally, like, energized and youthful and feeling fantastic. So... Well, I I want to say to God and to the uh, the nursing community and to all those doctors and nurses, my God, just amazing what science can do and what compassion can do, and I had both of them to the hundredth degree. It was I was so lucky.
1: That's that's amazing, and you you look fantastic you sound fantastic uh so youthful uh, I'm, I'm i'm so glad you're here uh chatting with me uh there is a, a thing i like to do on the show uh it is called the milo beasley show frequently asked questions these are questions that i have uh there are five questions that i'm gonna ask you uh they're the same five questions that i ask to every guest
0: oh um, no which- i never got that far in your show now i don't know what you're gonna ask oh all
1: right well uh <laughs> So there's no wrong answers. No wrong answers. Uh, So uh, question number one, Mm. what was the first
0: concert you attended? Jay and the Americans. Oh, okay. Um, I like it. Well, I I remember because I went up on stage, I was wearing um, a, a blue taffeta dress with petticoats and ankle socks. And we went with, I went with my best friend, Sherry, and her mother took us there. And I remember we had autograph books and we ran up to the stage and put them on and we were screaming in the front row. And I can't remember what the Jay and the Americans song. Hey, oh, I've got her on airplane mode. Hey Siri, uh, uh, Jay and the Americans, what song were they famous for? I found this on the web for How Do You, the oh. Americans? Want the oh, he, she, she doesn't know. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> she, she, she didn't
1: understand my question. Um, I, uh, I there
0: are, to say- uh, come a little bit closer. Oh, yeah. Hey, come a yeah. little bit closer. Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay. Next So uh, So, how did, then hold on. So, it's like your first concert and you end up on stage?
0: Well, not on stage. We were at oh. the lip of the stage. Oh, oh, oh okay. There yeah yeah all
1: right that's a good that's a good show all right uh question number two do you believe in ghosts yeah have you I have you had it like so like i'm I, i'm at a point where i'm like i don't know you know i guess there could be but have you had anything happen to you that you're like yo that uh, was that was definitely a oh, ghost
0: yeah. totally have. okay you see this ceiling up here
1: Yes, and I love it. I love the truss ceiling.
0: Thank you. Well, when I was, that ceiling used to be an acoustic ceiling, and I blew it out and had the beams put in. Right. But before the beams went up and before the ceiling went up, it was an open black hole to my 12-pitch roof. So it was just this open, huge, like ravenous uh, black space right and And the whole room was was cut off with um, um plastic over over the doors and stuff to keep the dust out of the rest of my house. And I was crawling under one of the uh plastic things one night to get to my office. And I saw a ghost. He was in a sailor's outfit. And, and he was looking down at me and I was, and he was sort of see-through and he was kind of part see-through and part, part transparent. Right. And he was just wearing a sailor's outfit. And he was just standing there looking at me and I freaked. And, and I called my sister who believes in things like this. and I usually don't, you know? And she's like, Dee, what you have to do is you have to go in and you have to say, you are released, you no longer have to live here. You are now released to go and, and go wherever you want and live your life and whatever. So at any anyway, rate, I saw him, that's all I gotta say. And I don't know, I live right by the water. So well, that you makes know, sense. yeah, and my house is in 1906 and it's got this little tiny room that's right off the foyer that I use as an office, but um, it, its purpose was a waiting room for the sailors to come in when you got them something to eat when their ships came in. So you, you know, they would go to people's houses and as a community, you would feed these guys. Right. You know? So um, anyway, that's the sailor waiting room. So I'm like one of I the just sailors. Yeah,
1: <laughs> he wasn't there to, he wasn't there to harm you. He just wanted a sandwich.
0: Anyway, I haven't seen him since. So I think the, the little, you know, exorcism worked.
1: Uh, so I'm super excited for your, your next, um, the, the next question. And I, I probably this is a, this is a question we ask everyone. So it's great that I have you on here, but in a movie about your life, who would play your parents?
0: Uh, well, I think my mother would be a cross between Joan Crawford and Vivian Lee okay and my father would be uh Uh, cross between James Cagney and um, um, I'm, I can't think of his name uh, let's just say James Cagney right now okay. I like it I
1: like, that, it gives me a, it gives me an idea of you know um, personalities uh, looks it gives me a little insight wow. into into yeah. people's lives Oh, that's a great photo.
0: Yeah. (laughs) All right, sorry, segway. (laughs) All
1: right, question number four. Yes. Who was your first celebrity crush?
0: Well, it would have to be George Harrison.
1: George Harrison. Yeah. Now, did you ever get a chance to to see the Beatles live?
0: Uh, no, but are you talking about somebody I was with?
1: No, just oh. just your first crush. So, like, you you saw them and and uh, you're like, oh, that person is beautiful. I love them.
0: Yeah. Well, I think the first one would be George Harrison, but there were so many. <laughs> I mean, and don't even start to ask me who I was with. Nope, nope, nope.
1: That's for the next show. That's for the next show.
0: That's the rated X show. (laughs) Uh,
1: So um, along, I don't want to say along the same lines, but it's really not along the same lines. But uh, clearly you've uh, been in in the industry for a, a, a long time. You've met so many people. But has there been that one person? So question number five, is that one person that you saw and you absolutely fanboyed out. You either couldn't speak to them or you spoke way too much. You put your foot in your mouth. You look silly and you're like, I shouldn't have said that. Oh gosh. See, I think this might be harder for you because you were involved in the industry early on and parents had friends and you were, you met so many people that it was just like, Oh yeah, these are just people
0: well i I can tell you that you know i that's happened so many times but but I'll say my my one that where I said too much and it didn't work well for me was Roseanne Barr um and and i was I was a little you know intimidated and right. she she can be intimidating and and uh, I kind of said, said all the wrong things. <laughs>
1: Now, was this before or after you were on the show? During. During, oh
0: God, the worst time ever. (laughs) I know, but she got me back. Did you see during one of my scenes in that show, the camera's on me, but it's behind her back and she's going like this. She's completely upstaging me by scratching her back. And, And so, and it's really like, that's a terrible thing to do to another actor. Right. I mean, why would you scratch your back when you know the camera is facing it and it's the other person's scene? To get people know. to look at your back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I, I, well, I can tell you kind of what happened. Well, maybe I shouldn't. I don't want to, you know. I, don't, I listen, I'm already in trouble. No. <laughs> we don't want any bad juju. <laughs> oh, I think oh, my okay. husband, going <laughs> to go, why did you have to say the thing about don't tell them about all the people I was with? <laughs> I'm going to be like, I mean, we're going to be getting off this. We're going. I'm going to go, Milo, can you take that part out? <laughs> it's entertainment. Nothing's yeah, well, real. Well, okay. yeah, you know, this one thing my husband does get about me. I mean, he totally gets me, you know, I mean, he, he understands that I'll do almost anything for a laugh.
1: Right. Uh, <laughs> I'm right there with you. i'm I'm a hundred percent right there with you. it's it's really for the laugh.
0: I'm wearing your necklace, honey.. Be good.
1: <laughs> now, uh, another thing you know I, I want to talk about with you is that, you know, like, hey, today you're uh, hanging out and, and and we're chatting, but um you know that off time, what do you what do you do with that off time that you know, uh, again, like you said, you um, you I know you spend some of that downtime. Uh, you know, on stage yourself, but when you're not doing that, what are you doing during your downtime?
0: I, I love my downtime. And as an actor, most actors have more downtime than not. So my downtime is really the, the 99% or 75% of my time. So you learn to fill it. And I've been so lucky. I, d- I have so many, you know, I, <clears throat> I play piano and I play ukulele and I garden and I'm ever since I got my Fitbit, I've become like this. I, I can't stop exercising. I mean, if I'm at like 8,000 steps, right. I'm, I'm like running around the dining room table till I get to 10,000 before yeah. I go to sleep. You know, I'm just, I've become crazy. So exercising all the time and I take nature walks and I ride my bike and garden. And, and, um, once COVID started, I started into, um, Arts, uh, art, I've got a whole arts and crafts studio now that I'm totally into. I'm having so much fun. And um, I do a lot of partying with friends and, and playing Mexican train. Yeah, it's Mexican train night. Everybody come over, have some pizza and da-da-da. You know, and my husband and I own a boat. So uh, in the summers, we live on Catalina Island. What? Yeah, and, and uh, so we, we spend the entire summer there. And it's a beautiful boat. And uh, we are planning now, I'm so excited, we're, we're going to take a big adventure because we kind of know that, you know, it's going to come up, it's a sailboat, so it's going to come a time when we're too decrepit to, you know, to do, I mean, it's already getting hard to bend over. So let's face it, a boat is really tough. So what we're going to do, our plan is that we're going to uh, have the boat sailed down to La Paz, which is on the Sea of Cortez. And we're going to go live there for three months. And we're just going to sail the little up and down the coast there. There's like 700 miles of anchorages, um, all up and down the Sea of Cortez. So we're going to do that. And and then, you know, after that, maybe we'll have a couple more years with with Catalina in the summers, and then we'll probably figure something else out. Maybe... Maybe a vacation home in the mountains or something like that. But I'm busy all the time. There is not a spare moment in my life, and um, if there is, you'll find me by the fire drinking a glass of wine.
1: That sounds nice too. That sounds nice too. <laughs> uh, so do you? Uh, so what do you? What do you have uh, before we uh, wrap up? Do you? Uh, what do you have coming up? And where can people? Uh, find you know on the social medias your website uh, where they can find what you're what you're doing and and where you're at where you may end up on stage.
0: Uh, yeah, um, um I'm www.ddresher.com, and uh, I um I haven't updated it for a few years, but. <laughs> But I actually have started writing my updates, so I'm calling my webmaster soon. But but any anyway, you'll get all the all the, the stuff there. I don't have anything coming up except possibly another uh, bunked episode. But uh, um, yeah, there should my episode should be on. It's supposed to be in January, but I don't have the I don't have the information with me. But you know, keep your eyes peeled for the Buffalo Betties. They'll be uh, gracing the bunked stage very soon.
1: Buffalo That's What a great name.
0: <laughs>
1: what a what a just an absolute great name. All right. Well, Didi, I want to say thank you so much for uh for spending some time with me today. I I was looking forward to it and you absolutely delivered. Um, and I feel like we we probably didn't even crack the surface on on your stories. Um, so I, I would absolutely love to have you on again sometime uh, just to, 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 chat and, uh, uh, you know, shoot the, uh, shoot the old shit as they say. Um, I don't know. It's the internet. I think you're allowed to say it. Uh, anyway, yes. again, thank you so much for hanging out with me today.
0: It was a blast Milo. Thank you for having me.
1: Uh, absolutely. Uh, and thank you all for watching. If you haven't already hit that, uh, subscribe button and most importantly, tell your friends. Um, By the way, I just received note that I am the number 85 podcast in all of Canada. Uh, I guess that's a thing. So, yeah, Canadians tell their friends, apparently. All right, Didi, thank you again so much. And uh, everyone else, uh, we will see you next week.